those things called where you like take your team out? Like team building exercises. Hate calling that, but like. That's what it is. I know, but like, can you imagine? Like, we're gonna go do a team building. It's like, no. That's people do that. I know, but like, <laughs> why do we gotta call it that? Like, what why would can't you we call just be it? Like, we're gonna go skydiving today, people. Like. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah, Gloss Genius. Gloss Genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same-day deposits. DTH listeners get their first month free on us, as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.glossgenius.com. Sid, do you want to introduce our listeners to one of our favorite podcast sponsors? Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Karg Shears, a reputable brand born in Switzerland, created by Mike Karg. Why do we love Karg Shears so much? Karg Shears are made with the highest end and most durable Japanese steel that work for dry and wet cutting. We decided to team up with Karg because of their unique approach to handcrafted shears, customer service, and a simple love for the hairdresser. Tap the link in the episode description to receive a special DTH promotion for your new shears. You are going to love them. David. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is the biggest issue in salons? (laughs) Sum it up. Um, I know the right answer, mm-hmm. but well, I have a whole list. <laughs> a whole list of things that are wrong. Well, the right answer leads into the topic, but if you want to go off, it's your show too. I mean, the number one thing I think is wrong with salons is segregation mm. between black clients and white clients. I think Absolutely. that's the number one thing. But the thing I know we're talking about is communication. Yeah. Which I guess is part of that problem. I absolutely agree. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely agree. I think no one knows how to talk to each other. No one knows how to communicate. I barely know how to communicate until I've had four shots of espresso. Today I've only had (laughs) two. You're doing great. Yeah. You're doing great, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that communication... I think so many people think they're great at communication. They're not. They're not. And I I hear people say like, oh, our team communicates really well. And then I find out they have a group chat. Yeah. I'm like, no, group chat. My favorite is like, we a- set boundaries, but really. We go out every Friday. Everyone is avoiding. Yeah. They have a group chat, so there's no boundaries set. And everybody's getting notifications at all hours of the day. I have one thing to say. Stop drinking with your staff. Yeah. Like, if you want to ruin your integrity and your communication mm-hmm. between you and your staff, I don't care how much fun you have, mm-hmm. you it's gone. And, and that's s- also why you shouldn't hire your friends, because they've seen your <laughs> drunk crazy ass, and yeah. messy, and it is not, it's not cute when you're trying to have a proactive conversation about behavior. Exactly, When they've yeah. seen you pass out <laughs> exactly. on a bar. <laughs> I think that's the thing, too, is, like, communication starts with, boundaries, Mm -hmm. which we're also really bad at. But I think that if you want your business to run itself and you want to have emotional intelligence, like we talk about all the time, you've got to put in in the boundaries. And the first thing is, I don't hang out with my staff, which I think is sad for a lot of hairdressers. Yeah, it is sad. There is a time and a place to have fun with your team, but it's like, can we do it with specific purpose? Like, is it what are those things called where you, like, take your team out? Like, team building exercises? I hate calling that. But, like, 
That's what it is. I know, but like, can you imagine? Like, we're gonna go do a team building. It's like, no. That's people do that. I know, but like, why are we gonna call it that? Like, what why would can't you we call just be it? Like, we're gonna go skydiving today, people. Like, I don't know. It's I think a you group have... activity. Okay. I like that better. It's a field trip. Yes. <laughs> That's allowed. With no alcohol. No alcohol. I can't. Our industry loves to drink, mm-hmm. and they love to drink with each other, mm-hmm. and they love to commiserate with each other, and talk shit about clients. And unfortunately, we have to change. Yeah, because no one's doing anything to change the issues. <laughs> they're, change they're addicted <laughs> to talking about the problems. That's how they don't know how to communicate to change the problems. They're addicted to complaining about the problems versus finding solutions, and that's where it's it's getting ugly. And I think when you are hanging out with your staff after work in the sense of, let's go have drinks because today sucked. It's like, you're driving this ship. Like, yeah. get us out of the toppy water. Yeah, if the day sucks Don't just... and you're the leader. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days, but let's let's look at the stats. Are we having multiple bad days or are we having just a couple, you know? I also have found that every salon owner, I shouldn't say every, but I would say most, believes that they have the best team in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you find out that uh, they don't mm-hmm. because their team is either out of control or actually more in charge than they are. Mm-hmm. And so we find I find that like there's a huge miscommunication between like who owns the business, yeah. who runs the business, who manages the business. I had students say that. They're like, they act like they own the business. And I'm like, well, Do what they? are they doing? <laughs> and they're like, they're doing A, B, and C. And I'm like, but that's something you should be doing. So they're just standing up to what needs to be done in the business to make it run, and you are lacking in that area. So I think when it comes to communication, we usually communicate with our reactive system. So if our reactive system is to fight or flight or fright, if it's to confront or run away or freeze, I think that that's how we communicate with people. We're like, okay, I'm reactive, you upset me, I'm going to yell at you, scream at you, mm-hmm. do all these things. Or I'm reactive and I'm going to run away from you and ignore you. Or I'm reactive and I'm full of fear and I'm frozen and now my staff has taken over, mm-hmm. which is a big one. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. And I, I think I love when we teach the reactive system to students or to anybody. And my favorite thing is that they'll be like, so-and-so made me reactive. And it's like, no. <laughs> That was put in front of you, and you got to decide how you were going to react to that. I think, too, people don't realize, like... Other people have reactive systems. But they also don't realize, like, how bad they are at communicating with themselves. Like, I've had people tell me, oh, I don't have a reactive system. Mm -hmm. One, scientifically... That's not possible. That's not possible. uh, Because there is an animal part of you that reacts to everything. You're reacting to the information that you're hearing right now in the podcast... I'm reacting to the cameras and the lights in this room. Mm-hmm. When you, the alarm went off this morning, you reacted to it. So anyone who says they don't react, it's funny to me because it's, it's like, that's, not that's all you're doing, literally. Yeah. We didn't make this up. It's- so the first problem <laughs> is communication with yourself and being honest with ourselves. And people can't even do that step, which is my favorite person that comes to coaching is one that says, I know I have no idea what I'm doing. That's mm-hmm. my favorite type of person because it means that they're, they're already listening. having a vulnerable moment where they're admitting like I need to change yeah I don't know what I'm doing and they've had that communication with themselves finally that says you know they looked in the mirror and they're like I started this business or this business was given to me which seems to happen a lot it does happen a lot the, like I've, someone just gave you a business like yeah it happens all the time 
Merry Christmas. Yeah, someone's like, yeah, I worked here, and then my boss said, gave it to me. I think only in this industry yeah. <laughs> does that happen. All right. Well, congrats. Um, but the problem is that that person usually isn't ready, but I think communication in a salon is probably one of the most toxic environments mm-hmm. there is. And it does start with leadership. But I also think gossip in our industry is huge. Um, I know there are salons that don't have gossip magazines and they don't have all that. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we have back rooms where everyone sits and eats and complains and talks shit about everyone. And I think... That's the stereotypical... Those are the stereotypes of a hairdresser. People, Every movie you've seen, yeah. they're chewing gum yep. in the back Get or they're drunk their or they're on some sort of drugs and there's they're just a, there's a new gossiping show. with their clients. There's a new show based in Chicago Uh-oh. called like Aunt Diane. Okay. And it's like Family Guy. It's oh, a cartoon. Okay. And she's like this insane woman with a short pixie cut who won't grow up. And she drinks at work. And she's a fucking hairdresser. Of course. And I'm like, this archetype of a hairdresser is so sad. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating to watch a show where you can actually make six figures or more. And this person's acting a fool. Yeah. You know, so. And then it, it creates how our clients look at us. Yeah. So it's really, we should do a whole episode on that stereotypes and media. I love that you brought up the group chats because this cracks me up. Oh, we have a group chat and... We have a group chat and a Facebook chat yeah. and a Facebook group and yeah. we have a WhatsApp and we have a DM group yep. on Instagram. And there's no organization. <laughs> it's a hot mess. My favorite is when someone says, like the leader will say, hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I'm from the South and I, say, sure, I would say it that way. Make sure you clean up after yourself. Yeah. It's like, first off, that's passive aggressive because you're too? attacking the group when it's one person, which should be a private, even if it's not a private conversation, just an individual conversation. And now Someone left the AC on. Yeah. And then now they're <laughs> off work and they're getting the message and now they're thinking about that or that's causing them stress or they completely ignore it or they've muted the messages. That's me. Yeah. They've muted it because they don't want to get the, that information on their day off. And then there's one person that decides to respond and defend the team. It's usually then, the guilty one. Yes. And then they go back and forth, and then it's just this whole thread of messaging. And then now it's become drama, and then everybody's invested. And everyone hates the owner. And then it creates resentment. And let me tell you something. If you have resentment in leadership, like if you are the leader and you get resentful, or... You are the staff and you are resenting the leader. The business is over. Mm-hmm. Resentment is the worst thing um, to it's overcome. It's a disease. Yeah. It's a virus. It absolutely is. It is and the there's not hardest. a lot of fixing it. It's, I mean, it take. I'm in therapy still for family <laughs> that I resent. Like, what are you talking about? I'm, you can't just get rid of that. You have to actually remove yourself from it. Right. And start over in a different environment because it's too far gone. I think my favorite thing is... Um, how often do you meet with your team one-on-one? Oh, every day. Yeah. I go, you meet every day with your team one-on-one? We just, like, you know, in passing, we'll, like, you know, I'll pull someone aside. And I'm like, this isn't communication. Yeah. This is a, I don't know what that is. That's, that's a, just chatting. A, a bomb of. That's just the water, you know. Micromanagement. <laughs> yeah, it's like catching up at the water cooler. Like, there's no sacred space to, like, actually talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? Like. I remember even 
you know, when we used to work together at another company, that was how we were communicated with. They would pull us aside and be like, hey. In the middle of chaos. In the middle of like, a problem. And my whole like, job is on fire. Hey, and they're um, like, what's hey. going on over there? I'm like, over where? What's going on? What are you talking about? I'm trying to deal with this situation. <laughs> and so any salon owner out there or any leader out there. Instead of saying, hey, how can I help you? <laughs> yeah, let's try that first. But it's like pulling people aside randomly throughout the day, number one, inappropriate. Number two is not a form of communication. It's a way of a talking. Jab. Yeah. But it's not a form of communication. To me, conscious communication is I'm carving out this much time with this person to talk about this thing. And I don't even care if it's 15 minutes, but you've got to carve out the time to do it. It can't just be in passing. I always tell my leaders to give give people a chance. Because, like, honestly, some of the things that we want to pick on are so small in the grand scheme of things that to tell someone every day that they're late, they know they're late. They know they're late when they're walking in with Starbucks. They know what time that you want them there. Or but, you obvi- but you're also not holding them accountable. Exactly. So telling them every day, you're late, it's just creating... And they go, you bitch. Yeah, like, it's just creating <laughs> not a great environment. But I always tell them to observe. Like, look at the grand scheme of things. So the conversation might look a little differently. Rather than every day being like, you're late, and doing nothing about it, it's like, hey, you know, so-and-so, you have called in... I know that this goes against what we teach, but you've called in... Six times this month, and you were late 10. It's really exciting. Yeah, we have a problem. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? Leadership doesn't do that either. What's going on? The first thing they do is attack. You're in the wrong. They could be having something going on in their life that is way bigger than the salon. One one simple fix that I had with a client or a student once was um, so-and-so keeps showing up late for their client. And so my, my question to them was, can they change their schedule? Yeah. Can they come in later in the day? They, maybe they can't function in the morning. Now, we're lucky that we work in an industry that can allow some of that flexibility, but maybe they can't get to work on the schedule that you created for them. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to giving people freedom, which is what we— Well, that's why I said we don't teach this. And what I meant by that was we teach to give freedom in scheduling. Right. So there's no such thing as late. You can be like, hey, you were on the schedule for 10, and I'm noticing that you're starting to be late and your clients are sitting around. That's just like a, That's a let's coach yeah. them. If you're messing with my with the clients of the salon, mm-hmm. then I can then there's a problem. Yeah. But if you're just controlling your own schedule, yeah. that's different. So this person was always late, clients were complaining, there was there was an it, there was a problem. Yeah. And I always tell people that a problem is when you mess with my money or my reputation. Mm-hmm. Once you mess with those two things, you have a problem. Anything else is just a challenge yeah. that we can work on. So if you're late once or twice, probably just a challenge. Let's yeah. figure it out. But once clients are wondering what the hell's going on and they're getting frustrated, now we have a reputable problem. I'm. We got to talk about that. Yeah, exactly. So when it came to this person, the solution was so simple. This person had his kids. Person suffers from anxiety has a hard time, their mornings are really hectic, which I know a lot of people's mornings are really hectic. And so all she wanted to do was ask if she could start at noon, and, and that was the solution. Yeah. And that took one conversation. Yeah. When this person had been working there for a year doing this, it took one conversation to realize we can just make this 
We can solve this problem. I think people think solutions are, I get my way. A solution is coming together with another person to fix the problem. Right. And if you can, you know, if both parties are happy, great. If it's kind of like, ugh, but I can tolerate it, and but it's still fixing the problem, okay. Again, critical, critical yes. thinking skills. Then the next step is, well, what about all that time that I'm losing? And that, you know, the, the salon owner is thinking, now there's a chair open all morning. Mm-hmm. What... Okay, what do you think we should do with that? Yeah. Mm. Just stare at it <laughs> and hope it brings cash flow into this lot. I was like, what do you think we should do with that chair? And the owner says, I think we should hire someone. I'm like, congratulations. This is a this is called critical thinking where yep. you start to solve problems and you know, think of them in a dynamic way. So it's not just, well, I can't let this person start at noon because I need that chair fit like or that's where no we one go. wants to work Saturdays. Well, then oh hire someone God. that wants to work Saturdays. No one wants to work Saturdays. There are people that do want to work on the weekends. Or if no one works on Saturdays, just don't be open on a we Saturday. Can a- you can still be a profitable salon and have a day off and a I day know. closed. Sid, let's talk about the sexiest topic in our industry today. What's that? Business insurance, which is why we have teamed up with Guild, G-I-L-D. Guild Insurance has streamlined the business insurance process. By evaluating multiple trusted insurance providers, they'll find you the partner you deserve in just minutes. We partnered with Guild because they are shaking up the insurance industry as much as we are shaking up the beauty industry. Guild offers business guidance and resources even after you're fully insured. They are making insurance inclusive and personalized. To learn more about Guild and your business insurance options, visit yourguild.com dth. For all the salons out there, you it's can gonna, close. This is going to create some reactivity. You can close whatever days you want. You can close a month if you want. There are some salons that are like, no, August is always slow. Then shut that shit down. Yeah. Uh, go on vacation, if, all of you. You know, the last couple of years have taught us anything is we can shut down for six months and then still come back <laughs> and be able to create profit. Yeah, so you'll be fine for like a weekend. Yeah, and a there's week. a lot of, I don't understand. Again, this is, we have to shift. But if you look in Europe, they do close down for the summer. Mm-hmm. Teachers are off for the summer. Like, what would happen if we did that? You know? I think people are really afraid of... Not being busy. Yeah, it's a very American... It's a very American concept that if I'm not busy, I'm not. I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. And I cannot tell you how many times I've had conversations with students who they don't think they have anxiety or depression, but the minute they can work less because they're making more money, they can work less, all of a sudden... They don't know what to do. There's all of a sudden, which it's not all of a sudden, it's been it's been driving them the whole time, all of a sudden, I don't know what to do with my time off. I don't know how to spend time with my kids. I don't know... I don't even know what my hobbies are. Yeah. Like... They don't know who they are. Exactly. And that is the moment that you're like, oh, this is why it's not about spreadsheets. It's not about benchmarks. It's not about numbers. It's about making more money, having more time, and then realizing, shit, I don't even know what to do with myself yeah. besides work. And you especially with hairdressers, who are, our work is physical. The more we do hair, the more we make money. Mm-hmm. So there's an addiction to, I have to constantly be available. I have to constantly be taking clients. I've had that, and you've had that. Yeah. And That's I think, what creates a burnout. Yeah. <laughs> I had one person recently tell me, she kept saying, um, I feel like if I don't go in every day, the business is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, all I wanted her to do was I said I don't want you to go in for a week. I said you can call, you can talk to your team from afar, you can communicate through the band app that you use for better communication. But I was like, you cannot go into the business. This person had a 
mental, full-on mental breakdown. I'm pretty sure she was communicating with me every day saying, it's not as busy as I thought it is, it should be. And I said, but it wouldn't, nothing would be different if you were there. Yeah. Other than you would You'd just, just physically feel, be there. Yeah, you would feel differently. And it was, though it was hard. Because they're not doing hair. They're not doing hair. Yeah, so they would just be there, you know. Micromanaging. In, micromanaging, yeah. And causing probably more. Chaos. Problems. By the end of the week, we compared her numbers from that week to the week prior and to the same week the year before, and the numbers were higher. Mm-hmm. And so now she's faced with, am I I'm the, the problem? problem? <laughs> <laughs> like, if I remove myself, does everyone actually work better? Yeah. And I think that's a scary realization, too. So I don't think that making more, I don't think that our job as coaches and teaching people how to communicate is difficult. No. I think the most difficult part is what happens after they realize that they don't have to do as much yeah. as they thought they did. Well, exactly. And and that's the thing, the great thing. I love that you brought up the band app because we always say to have an external communication platform. Yeah, Slack, Whether that's, band. Yeah, like we use Slack with our team. We use band with our students. There's, you know, GroupMe does not work. WhatsApp does not work. Anything that is in the form of a group chat is not going to work. Yeah, group chat, no. It has to be separate. The great thing about <laughs> that is that you can have private communications um, as well as post and use it as a calendar. Band Slack app is, is nice because so it's, like it's like a Facebook, but it's not Facebook. Yeah. You have a feed. You yep. can share documents. You can have private. Every, it, Videos, it's really nice. You can do lives. Yeah, it's really cool. So it's great with our students. And then I always encourage my like leadership and when they're working with their leadership to have a Slack because you can have um, different channels and you can have different conversations. But what's great about having these apps, whatever you choose, and I know everybody's like, well, it's a separate app. It's like, <laughs> let's get over that. It's it's the point to set boundaries that if I am a leader and I text my staff member, I should not expect a response just because I chose to text them at 10 p.m. And if it's you were not, in Europe, the if that's happening, the owner would be paying for the phone. Absolutely. And pretty sure California is leading into that direction, yeah. too. So Pretty sure we're slowly turning into Europe. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's coming. But it, the idea is that if if the boss is going to make you work outside of your working hours, which I know is a gray area for hairdressers, but they're, they're messaging your personal phone, mm-hmm. pay for it. Yeah. We get to choose when we want to communicate with whoever, right? So I think the expectation is I might text you, but you're going to have notifications off in this system. But when you are in work, that's when I do expect a response. Right. Any time outside of that, no response is necessary. And that's the great thing about it is I'll text you. I wake up super early. You get up really early now, but I'm an hour (laughs) hour ahead of you. But I'll I'll start my work day and I'll be sending you messages. I do not expect a response. But also I have mine set up where it won't even alert me until my my day starts. And then when your day starts, you're like, oh, these are the things I need to respond to, or at least by end of day. And I'm a late night texter. Mm -hmm. Which I don't get until I wake up the next morning. And that's great because we can still communicate as things are flowing without having to be committed or feel guilt about not responding. We have a team of 12 all over the U.S. in every time zone. Mm -hmm. And we never text each other on our personal phones. Mm-mm. It's all through Slack. It's all it all works wonderfully. I don't even think I have their personal numbers. Sometimes I have to like go I have to find, find it, it if it's. But the the rule that we have, and I suggest this for all business owners out there, 
is if you if the person feels like I had to text them because it was an emergency, then the answer should have been if it's an emergency, you have to call me. Yeah. So you can call my phone, but it better be but an it emergency. Means, it, but if you're if you're sitting there like mm, I don't really need to call them, then go back to the and the, just because the a client wants to reschedule is not an emergency. <laughs> like we don't need to cause someone that stress when it can be taken care of the next day. Things happen. People get sick. People call out. Yeah, we have to this have a whole episode so- to define what an emergency is. Oh, might my be. <laughs> gosh. We don't have to. So that's the thing. It's like if I'm going to wake up and see it, and honestly, part of giving freedom to your team is they have control of their own books and clients, right. and they can send out a mass text to their clients and reschedule them. Listen, if you're listening to this season of our podcast, there's an assumption that we're making that you've heard the first two seasons, mm-hmm. you know, which is you're really learning about how we view the industry and commission salons and how we need to change things. So if you're new to listening to the podcast, there's a lot of things that you've got to really listen to before. You, I mean, you can make these changes, but there's a lot of things you've got to listen to before to really shift into this new, you know, the saloning differently yeah. method. Absolutely. Bottom line is, Learn to communicate <laughs> and respect your team's boundaries if you and respect one, leadership if you, boundaries. If you get one thing from this podcast, stop fucking texting your team. Yeah. Do not text your team. Do not use a group chat. Have a band app or a Slack app or some or sort of some sort of app. Different communication channel where you can privately message them. Um, and it's really it's really important that you train your team. They're not going to get it at first. They're going to keep texting you. Got to say thank you for texting me, but I'd like you to have this on. Slack, or I'd like you to have this over here in this in this area, or you just don't respond to those, mm-hmm. and you only respond to what comes to the app. It's very, it's about consistency, boundaries, and integrity, and it's hard to make the switch. But I can tell you, as a company that's been doing it for the last six years, it's wonderful. I even did that with my clients when they messaged me on Instagram, and even though I want to say, uh, "Don't message me on Instagram," I'm just because I'm awake at ten o'clock using Instagram doesn't mean I'm working and I have to respond to you about your appointment right now. But what I do say is, <laughs> "Hey, I'm off right now. I don't want to lose this message. Can you message me on my work line or whatever number they have to communicate yeah. with me?" Or and if you can be like one of our um, let's coaches, let's keep work on work. They have an automatic response, yeah. which I think you can on have Instagram. on your Instagram, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I love it. Investigate. Really? into communication. How can you be better at it? Yeah. Investigate and how to communicate. That should be a shirt. Communication investigation. Ooh, that's a mug. I drink my (laughs) coffee out of that, for sure. Let's make one. (laughs) Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Someone has to set that bar. Yeah. It'll be you. Okay. Done. I charge $1 billion per second. You'd only have to do one haircut a year if you did. 10 years. 20 years. One haircut every 20 years. Done. That's the future of DTH. We just teach people how to do $1 billion haircuts. Yep, that's it. Every so often. Mm